friends, it's Adrian. Today is just going to be a solo episode for the podcast. Annette will be back for the next one, but she's got a lot of work with the end of the school year kind of coming around, just feeling a lot of stress. So this is your reminder, if you're feeling stressed, if you feel like you need to take a back, take, take a step back from something to not add more stress to yourself, like make sure you advocate for yourself. Like things happen, we get it. So we're just going to move forward and we're still going to have this episode. Um, And today it's actually going to be a conversation about diet culture, yo-yo dieting and body image. So I am a health and wellness coach. I have been coaching for almost two years. When I first started coaching, I was hired as a coach for a company that focused a lot on weight loss and It was a good opportunity for me to get a lot of experience working one-on-one with people and applying a lot of the ideas of coaching and I learned a lot from it, but it really was part of diet culture and so I wanted to step away from that and coach kind of in my own direction and focus on other aspects of health, like managing your stress, balancing your hormones, having more energy, um, and like properly fueling and recovering for, for workouts. So I wouldn't say that a lot of these programs are completely misleading. I think it's just the way that our culture is like, that's what diet culture is all about. So with today, I wanted to talk about that and, and how it's actually led us to focus on maybe the wrong things when it comes to our health and how that has really stemmed from the idea that thinness is the ideal standard regardless of your well-being. And then I think talking about yo-yo dieting is something that we can tie into diet culture because that's typically what happens. So we'll talk about yo-yo dieting and how it's not only frustrating but actually damaging to your health despite you losing weight And that kind of ties back to the idea that thinness is the ideal regardless of your well-being. And so another thing that I want us to do is just develop a different mindset towards our health goals and towards our body. And again, focusing on other things besides just weight or the scale. So if you're a woman, maybe focusing on cycle syncing and balancing your hormones. Or even if you're a man, like balancing your hormones is still key. Having more energy, stress management, fueling, recovering. And just like having a healthy relationship with exercise, with food, and with our bodies. And then before we start this conversation, I just wanted to say too that I've never really had an issue personally with my weight. There's definitely, I feel like a lot of us have body image issues regardless of our size. I feel like that's always something that our society and our culture has made like a challenge for us. But I've never really had these same struggles that a lot of my clients come to me with. So I want to start with like acknowledging that privilege that I have, but still making this a conversation that's hopefully helpful for people, for people who are looking to kind of get out of that like vicious cycle and like actually get some support and some guidance and some help. So reach out if you feel like you need maybe more support than what you what you have right now or you're feeling kind of lost I feel like that's usually the best client that I can help is somebody who has gone through a lot of programs has tried so many things 
nothing seems to be working and they're just kind of feeling really discouraged. You know, I want, those are the clients that I feel like I work the best with because then we can really start from a good place, a good foundation to get you to where you want to be. So I want to just also mention some statistics about diet culture just to kind of like frame this conversation and how important it is and how maybe there's people in your life or more people in your life than you realize that are actually dealing with kind of the the negative consequences of diet culture or yo-yo dieting or body image issues. So some studies suggest that up to 80% of people who attempt to lose weight experience some degree of weight cycling or yo-yo dieting. So basically that's saying that people maybe are going to lose weight and then they gain it back. They gain maybe all of it, some of it, or sometimes more than what they even lost the first time. 80% of people. 91% of women dislike their physical form so much that they resort to dieting. 97% of women and girls think one negative thought about their body a day. I feel like that one is very accurate. Like almost 100% of women have that. And I don't know what the other 3% are doing. I'm trying to figure that out. But I feel like it takes time to get there. Like it takes time to reframe some of those thoughts and like learn to sit with them and figure out where they're coming from, where they're stemming from and learning to reframe them. 58% of college women feel pressure to conform and be skinnier. In the UK, they found that the average 45-year-old woman has dieted 61 separate times and has dieted 31 years of her life away. 31 years of her life she has been dieting. She's been actively trying to shrink herself down, basically. Like, that's a lot of time. And I feel like, when are you ever focusing on, like, doing your best, like, your highest and best work? You know what I mean? Like, how can you focus on living your best life if you're always trying to escape the one that you're in? So, if you feel like... If you're wondering maybe like, is diet culture really affecting me? You know, I, I, I like maybe doing these kind of fads and I do better when I cut out carbs or, you know, I don't really, I, I, you know, I like counting my macros and things like that. All that's fine. I think everyone has the right to do whatever they want to. The key is something that it has to be something that is sustainable and that you can maintain. Because once that diet is over, what are you going to do? You're going to go back to your old habits. And those old habits are what got you in that position in the first place. So think about these questions bef- you know, before we get into this conversation. So how does your weight, body, or looks keep you from living your best life? For example, I have had clients who are afraid or they hate taking their pictures. Um, like I had one client who... She was at her son's wedding. They took pictures and she looked back at the pictures and all she could think about was how she didn't like the way that she looked and, you know, that she felt like disgusted looking at that picture. And it like makes me sad. Like, you know, the first thing that you don't see is, you know, how beautiful this wedding was or, you know, like just the occasion itself. Like the first thought is, you know, just is judgmental negative thoughts towards yourself so, you know, what kind of thoughts or, or how does your weight, your body or your looks kind of keep you from living your best life and enjoying those special moments? 
Another one is, how do I feel when I restrict my food intake and engage in extreme dieting? Do I feel energized and empowered or deprived and anxious? So when it comes to dieting, usually people, something will trigger you to want to lose weight. Maybe you have a vacation coming up or you are getting married or whatever it is like you know summer's coming around like something just triggers you to want to lose weight so you start a diet whatever diet it is keto maybe you're just eating less maybe you're like working out going to some kind of like like program for exercise or something like that whatever it is so you start your diet and you're you're full of motivation Then after a couple weeks, maybe you experience some weight loss results, which is what you were looking for. And then maybe some of those bad foods, bad foods start creeping in a little bit because you are going to a party. You're going, you know, you're just at the grocery store, like your cravings are starting to kind of kick in. And instead of honoring those cravings, you either avoid situations like or life just kind of gets in the way too. Like you, it, it becomes harder for you maybe to meal prep or to go to those classes that you signed up for, or whatever it is. Like it's starting to become unattainable and unrealistic for you to keep up these habits that have helped you get those, get that weight down up until then. Then what happens once you return back to your old behaviors is you start to gain that weight again. And then that's just repeating. And what sucks about this is I feel like people ultimately feel like failures because the diet didn't work. Like, you know, other people have had success. Honestly, other people probably haven't had success, but programs and things like to, to frame it that way. But are we really following up and seeing how are they doing six months after or whatever it is? So I feel like people tend to feel like failures after going through something like that. And then they feel like nothing's going to work for them or that they're broken until the next diet or trend or fad kind of comes along. And then they try that one. And then the process just repeats over and over again. And people just get discouraged. They kind of expect that this is going to happen. And I feel like that's why you need a coach. That's why you need somebody to help you to figure out how do you do this right? How do you do this sustainably? How do you maintain this? You know, and what are the things that you need to prioritize other than weight like I think that's definitely something that I want to talk about as well because I think that's where the disconnect is with diet culture is that it's really solely focused on weight loss and losing weight and being thin it doesn't they don't care about your overall well-being your mental health your um, sleep performance your overall recovery like all these other things that mean so much more to the quality of your life than just the number on the scale or the size of your your pants or whatever. And then one more question to kind of think about, you know, and and reflect on is, you know, are the things that you're doing, are they sustainable over the long term? What you choose to do should be something that you enjoy doing, that you look forward to, that really is something that you can maintain for a long time. Like, I know that I feel like people say this, I say this, you know, like this isn't a quick fix. Like this is a lifestyle change. If you want different results, if you want to be at a place that you've never been or that you haven't been at in a while, as far as like feeling better or, you know, just your overall well-being, 
you have to do things differently. Your life is going to change. And that doesn't have to be a scary thing. Like, I feel like that should be something exciting. Like, I, you know, obviously you want something different for yourself, but make sure that you're doing it in a way that is going to help you to grow, you know, not just going to get you to where you want to be in, in a month or two months and then 200% worse three, four months after that. Like focus on getting better 1% day by day, week by week. That way you can keep what you are progressing towards. So the let's let's talk about diet culture specifically. So the definition of diet culture is societal and cultural systems that promote weight loss and thinness as the ultimate goal, often through restrictive dieting, exercise regimens, or body shape modification. So even things like getting plastic surgery, like BBLs, changing your body to conform in a way that is perceived to be ideal. I'm not saying that you are wrong for wanting to have goals related to how you look, but really ask yourself, where is this stemming from? And diet culture goes beyond just restrictive eating and exercise. So definitely strict diets, you know, just like extreme calorie deficits or cutting out certain macros or food groups, but also weight loss supplements and products. So things like diet pills that suppress your appetite or increase your metabolism or block the absorption of fat or whatever they're doing. They're doing something to try to almost like mess with your body in a way that it shouldn't be. So another one would be like cleanses or detox teas, which are usually just like laxatives or diuretics, waist trainers, even like fat burning creams that claim to help you to burn fat, even though there's like no evidence to back them up. And one that I learned about in college was HCG, so human chorionic gonadotropin. It's a hormone that the placenta produces when the mom is pregnant. So the idea is that when you're pregnant, you're eating for two, right? Wrong. Like that's false. But the theory is that when you're pregnant, you're eating for two. So if you have this hormone, your body is going to think that you have to burn more calories to support the pregnancy. But all that it really does is give you a positive pregnancy test. But why do people do it? Because people want to lose weight because of diet culture, because somehow we've tied moral value and all these other factors to thinness or smaller body types. And it makes people do crazy things to try to get to that place. Even again, even if it means that their well-being isn't the best. So some other ways that diet culture can affect your relationship with food is labeling foods as good or bad versus seeing foods as all just neutral. There's definitely going to be some foods that have more nutritional value than others, but that doesn't mean that some foods are good and others are bad. They all serve a purpose in some way when you're being intentional and you're being aware. Another would be exercising to burn off or to earn your food versus looking at food as fuel and it's and the purpose of exercise is not to burn it off or to earn your food the purpose of exercise is to move your body and to honor your body 
for what it's capable of doing. You might even, with diet culture, you might even be more inclined to like suppress your appetite and not listen to those hunger signals. You might even feel like guilt or shame for eating. You know, especially like if you are actively on a diet, you like that's where like the cheat meals and like binging can happen because you are oppressing yourself and you're restricting yourself and you're almost wanting to like naturally rebel against these rules that this diet has. You might even avoid maybe like social situations or avoid eating in general because of food that might be around. Like if you're going to a birthday party or if there's like a potluck or something at work, you're never going to be able to avoid food. What we want to do instead of like figuring out how do I control myself around food is just learning to make a choice. Like you can choose to eat this. You can choose as much as you want to eat this but being mindful about what is that food doing for me why am I wanting to eat maybe is there another reason besides the way that like this food tastes or what it does for me physiologically that I might want to enjoy this food I feel like a big breakthrough for a lot of my clients is when we talk about their emotions related to eating and the emotional connection that they might have to eating maybe specific foods maybe like just in certain situations they just kind of resort to that kind of thing to make them feel better and food doesn't have to be something that you indulge in emotionally with just negative emotions or things like boredom or stress or things like that. They can also be happy emotions too. Like maybe when we're feeling happy and we want to celebrate, we also, you know, go to food. Like food definitely has an emotional tie. But I always try to help people to find other outlets, especially for more of like those negative emotions or boredom and stress and things like that. Like what are some other ways that we can work to work on this emotion or like manage this not necessarily manage the emotion but like approach it without it being revolved around food so if it's boredom like I always suggest making like a list of things that you can do like don't knock any of them down like just make a list so you can almost like make make a point that there are a lot of other things that you can do you don't have to do all of them food is always going to be a choice right we're not controlling that aspect food is a choice still but maybe there's other choices that align a little bit better with the direction that we're trying to go so obviously diet culture is very prevalent I feel like you can always you can you can name a lot of things that are intended to help you to lose weight and maybe not focus on other aspects of your well-being so I think everyone should just be informed about what they're doing whether you are trying to do some kind of like fast weight loss program I do want to talk about yo-yo dieting and how and just to kind of like look out for so that way you can prevent that Um, because I'm not saying you can't lose weight quickly. I can definitely help somebody to do that, but is it going to be the best thing for them in the long term? Like my success as a coach isn't 
for me to get you to where you want to be at the end of our six months or full year, but for you to take what we have and for you to grow off of that, for you to take it to the next level and feel like you have that foundation, like you know how to finally view all of this and focus on the right things so that way 10 years down the line you're thriving still right like we're not continuing that vicious cycle we're not continuing to yo-yo diet you're not continuing to feel frustrated like you feel empowered you feel healthy no matter what the scale says so if you are currently on a diet you're thinking about starting a new diet or you're just not really even sure like what to do or, or where to get guidance from. I think these questions can kind of help you to figure out like if this is something that is just a fad or if this is something that's like truly helpful. So are there missing food groups? You should be incorporating fats, carbs, protein, all of it. Like anything that takes out a specific food group is not going to be sustainable nutritionally inadequate so like are you missing a lot of micronutrients like are they cutting out vegetables like the carnivore diet or something like that like that again is not sustainable are they promoting short-term changes that's a really really big one because if I were to ask you do you want to lose 20 pounds in six months or in a year you're going to tell me six months you're, you want less than six months. You want it today. You want it yesterday. Like that's what these programs and these companies are trying to kind of like prey on. They know that like you want these results fast and they are offering a solution and it seems great, but it's not sustainable. Um, and like, again, maintenance issues, like how think about how you're going to do this when the diet quotes diet is done. Um, maybe if you have like chronic diseases, like, is this going to help you to manage that or not? Like if you have diabetes or heart failure or anything like that, um, maybe there's just like inconsistent scientific evidence. Like you really want to follow something that has been researched well. That's why I really love learning more and more about cycle syncing because it just all makes sense. Like, I feel like this was really something that we should have all been taught. And I'll definitely talk about it on the next episode. Um, but I feel like this is a better way to introduce cycle syncing so that way we can get out of the mindset of dieting and start following more science-backed research about how our body as women actually perform, what we need in, in the hormonal changes that happen and how we can support that. Another thing to be mindful of with fad diets is whether or not they incorporate any kind of like physical activity. Obviously, we want to move our body. We need movement every day. And it's going to look different every day, especially if you are cycle syncing. But absolutely no activity is not going to be the right program for you. Okay, so now let's talk about yo-yo dieting and I kind of mentioned it a little bit earlier you're maybe triggered by something and you have this desire to lose weight you start the diet super motivated you you get some results then you kind of start getting into maybe those quote bad foods or life just kind of gets in the way and you just kind of like go back to your 
older eating habits or your other, your older routine because what you were doing was too much of a change for you to continue with. And then that's when the weight that you lost, those results, are gained back. So when you're losing weight in a short period like that and you're restricting your diet, whether that's with macros, calories, food groups, or just like excessive exercise, unless you maintain that, meaning for for pretty much the rest of your life, like you're you're sticking to that, unless you're maintaining that, those are borrowed results. You only keep them when you have a lifestyle that supports maintaining them. That's why I say to focus on getting just 1% better every day, every week. I would rather see you get 1% better than for me to help you to get 100% to where you want to be in two months, but then substantially worse four months after that. Like that isn't success. That's not what you are truly wanting. So really like dig into what is it that I really want? Like, do I want to just lose the weight for now or do I not want to be in this vicious cycle anymore? Do I want to just live a life that I enjoy and not have to deal with any of this? You know, like just make it part of my lifestyle. So when you're losing weight that quickly and then gaining it back, that's what yo-yo dieting is. And what's what's happening really is that those behaviors didn't change. You went back to what you were originally doing. So that's why I say like this is a lifestyle change. Like it truly is. Like your life is going to have to change in order for you to get to a place that you want to be at that you've never been at before. So these are just like three things to focus on to to put yourself in like how do I just get 1% better then? Like what are what should I be focusing on? I think the biggest thing is avoiding kind of going along like just focusing on getting 1% better is avoiding extreme peaks and extreme lows like with extreme uh, calorie restrictions or like okay I'm going to start going to the gym seven days a week even five days a week like if you were going zero days a week and now you're going even five days a week like that's a pretty big jump if you can get two days in one day in that's better than what you were doing before that's where your mindset needs to be like we all want to rush and get to where we want to be and we just need to like take it slow and make this something that you enjoy that you can continue with not something that like you're gonna have to keep fighting yourself to do so avoid the extreme peaks and lows the number two is focus on building muscle and strength a lot of these diets aren't focusing on that they're focusing on just like what can I restrict what can I take out how can I do less you know to to lose weight how do I get that scale to go down there's a difference between weight loss and fat loss I can I can help somebody lose weight but are they going to be healthy probably not so when you have more muscle mass you have a faster metabolism which is going to require more energy so it kind of gives you a little bit of wiggle room or like insurance if you overeat or you're not like perfectly eating within your maintenance calories so having more muscle and mass just makes makes storing fat a lot less a lot less easy which is good if you're trying to maintain a a specific body type which again like is completely fine like the thing about diet culture is not that we shouldn't have goals related to aesthetics 
but that the methods of how to get there aren't supporting our well-being. So focus on building your muscle mass, you're increasing your metabolism. When you lose weight in short periods, you're probably not building muscle. That's why I said I can help you to lose weight, put you in an extreme calorie deficit and you'll lose weight, but you're probably going to lose muscle mass too. You're you're losing tissue that you need. So when you are when when the scale goes down, you're going to be weaker. Your metabolism is going to be lower because you have less muscle mass. So you actually have a higher body fat percentage when you regain the weight back because you didn't make any lifestyle changes that you enjoyed or that were sustainable. So people who yo-yo diet often have more weight gain or just in general like more body fat because the weight that they lost was actually fat and muscle versus if you focus on building muscle your body requires more energy it's going to use what's already stored on you as energy like that's what we're trying to do so focus on building muscle work your way back slowly from the damage that you've done with with getting your metabolism so low so start adding calories in slowly and focus on recovery or postseason. So if you've heard me talk about periodization, um, I've talked about it on my Instagram before, but the idea is just that like a lot of these diets are always putting you in season, you know, like this is another calorie restricting diet or like this is another thing that you can do versus like how do we repair the damage that we've done to our metabolism so that way we're healthy enough that our body can respond in a healthy way when we are in a healthier calorie deficit that isn't so extreme so if if you feel like I I don't want to be like oh come work with me like you know I'm not trying to like sell necessarily like my program but this is what I do so if you feel like this is kind of like the situation that you're in and like you're really struggling with your metabolism being low and your muscle mass being low and just like feeling really damaged from diet culture and yo-yo dieting like reach out I'm very confident in my ability to help people to do this the right way. The only thing is that it's not like the sexiest way. Like you're not going to lose weight immediately. You're going to eat more calories probably, you know, like things that you weren't doing before, but none of those things worked for you. So we're going to do this the right way. So, um, yeah. And then the number three, the thing... The, the third thing to kind of focus on with getting out of diet culture or getting away from yo-yo dieting is valuing food more than just taste. I think sometimes like we just look at food for like the flavor and like its palatability, but the true value of food is more than just that. Like food also serves us physiologically and that's why I, I really, when I first started kind of coaching outside of the other program or the other company that I worked for before I started my own business I focused a lot on helping people to just like heal their relationship with food and focusing a lot on diet culture and getting to a place of more like mindful eating and listening to our body and honoring our body and our hunger signals and it's it was really great to like see people who just like we're finally just like slowing down and paying attention getting rid of distractions and like really 
putting the effort in to create this. So with all that being said about diet culture and yo-yo dieting, they go very hand in hand because the focus of diet culture is weight loss. Again, it doesn't matter what your recovery, what your relationship with other people look like, what your activity looks like. None of that matters as long as the scale is down is really what diet culture is all about. And that's why yo-yo dieting is so damaging because your body isn't going to respond to that in the way that you want it to. And I really don't know like how much longer people have to be doing these kinds of things for them to realize like it's not the the right path. Like it's damaging you and it's time that you recognize that this is going to take a little longer. It's not going to be like a quick fix. It's not going to be a magic solution or a magic pill. It's going to take really truly changing things. And I think people kind of feel a little scared to do that, to change things about their life because we're our brains are wired to keep us safe, to keep us in our comfort zone. And what we're doing now despite how it affects our health it's comfortable and so doing anything outside of that is not comfortable but take small steps get one percent better track your progress and then I just wanted to kind of like add a little bit more to this conversation about body image itself and just say that you can't hate yourself into loving yourself all of these changes have to stem from you wanting better for yourself, not hating the way that you are to get to a better place. Like that's not how it works. So learn to have some compassion. I think mindfulness really teaches you to kind of sit with some of these thoughts and not attach yourself to them and just like challenging the negative self-talk and asking if maybe they're based on facts or just like beliefs that you've internalized. So practice self-compassion and be impeccable with your word treat yourself as if you were talking to a friend like you wouldn't talk to a friend the way that you talk to yourself sometimes and so I don't know why we talk to ourselves that way if we wouldn't say that to somebody else so I think it it takes practice to do some of that and I think mindfulness really helps you know it could be meditation it could be yoga it could be journaling I think it's really just a time where you're prioritizing a little bit of like self-care so if you have issues with body image like really just try to come at it from a place of compassion, a place of non-judgment and and just kind of see where that goes. Um, and surround yourself with positive influences, like including social media. I think some like a saying that I really like is you are the company that you keep. That includes social media. Like who are you following? What are your influences? you know, and maybe follow things that are more supportive of all body types or just overall well-being and things that line better with where you want to be and where you see that big picture for yourself, you know, and find what you can learn to love and appreciate about your body. Like take care of it, honor it, nourish it, protect it. Like I said, like you can't hate yourself into loving yourself. And lastly, I just have some reflection questions I'm just going to read off. So if you have a journal, if you maybe are just like have some time to kind of think or meditate on these ideas, maybe come back to this. But I think these are really good questions to 
help you to figure out like where where you're at in your journey and what direction you kind of want to take, especially if you're just done with diet culture, you're done with yo-yo dieting, you want sustainability, you want something that you can maintain, start with these questions. So what are my personal reasons for wanting to improve my health? Is it for myself or am I motivated by external factors such as societal pressures or unrealistic beauty standards? Are my goals realistic, achievable, or sustainable? How will I measure my progress towards these goals? How can I approach food and exercise in a way that prioritizes my physical and mental well-being rather than weight loss or achieving a specific body type? How can I learn to appreciate my body for what it can do rather than what it looks like? What are some self-care practices that I can incorporate into my daily routine to support my physical and mental health, such as meditation, yoga, or spending time in nature? How can I build a support system of friends, family, or professionals like a coach or trainer who can provide encouragement, accountability, guidance as I work towards my health goals? And then the last one is, How can I practice self-compassion and forgiveness when I experience setbacks or challenges in my health journey? When you experience, because it's not a matter of if you're going to experience them. Those are the opportunities. I'm not even going to say that they're challenges. Those are opportunities for you to be able to figure out what it is that you really want and how bad you really want it. And I'm not saying that like it has to be a matter of like your discipline I think it's just like clarity of like what is still going to keep you going so that is it for today's podcast I feel like it was a little bit shorter I didn't have my co-host with me today but she will be back hopefully next week and we'll record um, for YouTube as well but let us know what you guys think about this podcast or thoughts that you guys have on future podcasts The next episode that we'll be doing is going to be about cycle syncing, which is something that I've been working a lot on with my clients. So I wanted to be able to bring that to the podcast and be able to talk about it and share it with more women so that they can start applying it to their day-to-day life and how they can start doing that. Um, But as far as like today's conversation, I think this is something that we, I'm always incorporating into my coaching because it's important that we get away from that kind of mentality when it comes to our health and we really try to focus on things that are going to be sustainable that are going to set good examples for others for our kids and that aren't going to continue this vicious cycle so thank you guys for listening make sure that you guys follow on youtube on instagram the my Instagram is at coach Adrian underscore and then Annette's Instagram is at Annette Noriega a so we'll see you guys next week